Hey, Say So Podcast listeners, this is Jeannie. In light of what's going on with the COVID crisis, I am switching gears to only bring you content that will provide resources. And this one happens to provide resources for any small business owner out there, whether you are for profit or nonprofit, you won't want to miss what our special guest has to tell you today. Have a listen. Welcome to the Say So Podcast. I'm your host, Jeannie Terry. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Katherine Rudloff, and she's the Executive Director of WeVenture at Florida Tech. Good morning, Katherine. Morning. How are you this morning? We are doing well, starting week two of social distancing. Not, a, not isolation, though. So not social isolation, social distancing, right? Distancing, yes. No one is sick in our home, thankfully. So, and yes, that is, um, I'm so grateful to hear that. Uh, today, I've asked Catherine to be on the Say So podcast because she is chock full of information for small business owners. A lot of small business owners in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic are questioning the outcome of their business, questioning what to do for their employees, what to do for themselves, and being the executive director at WeVenture at Florida Tech, she has a lot of information to share with us today. I want to pick your brain, Catherine, about what um, resources are out there for small business owners. But first, I'd like to figure out what it is that WeVenture at FIT does for our community. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So WeVenture was founded in 2007, and it's Florida Tech University now. They recently rebranded. Um, and so we are funded in part through a grant from the Small Business Administration. So the federal government through the SBA actually funds um, small business development centers throughout the country, and some of those are designated as a women's business center. So Brevard's lucky. We actually have an SBDC at Eastern Florida, and then we venture at Florida Tech is designated a women's business center. Now, the only distinction that that offers is that we have some programming that's geared specifically towards female entrepreneurs, but we do, we like to say most of our programming is gender neutral, and we're happy to help any entrepreneur. So on a normal day, we help businesses launch and grow. So we offer low or no cost consultation, training, and education programs that help entrepreneurs you know, launch and grow their business. In a time of crisis, like what we're experiencing now, we become the boots on the ground of the small business administration. And as most of um, business owners have been paying a great deal of attention to what Congress has been up to, a lot of the dollars, a lot of the relief that's going to be coming to our local economy are going to flow through these local SBDCs that we have at Eastern Florida and through WeVenture. So we are here to be boots on the ground to help small businesses weather the storm and be a, um, you know, really your, your contact and, and help you interact with the SBA programs that are coming down to help get us all through this. That's great. Thank you for that, Catherine. So what is coming down the pipelines? What, what can you tell us about? So the first um, thing that I want business owners to know is that if you are going to experience um, significant economic impact where you're going to have a loss of revenue, you know, where you're concerned about the status of your business, the first place you should go in Florida is for a Florida emergency bridge loan. And you can get that at floridadisasterloan.org. 
Now, this is a state-funded program. It is run in partnership with the SBA through our SBDC kind of network that we have. But these are quick turnaround. Um, this is a maximum of about $50,000. Um, you know, so this is um, interest-free for one year. After that, the interest goes up to 12%. So this is not intended to be a long-term um, uh, you know, pull on credit that you're doing, but rather a short-term stopgap. They can turn these around in as quick as 48 hours if your uh -huh. paperwork is all in order. So this gets money in your hand now if you've got rent or expenses that are coming up that you need to get. So again, that's floridadisasterloan.org. Now there's a few exceptions to that because unfortunately um, nonprofits are not eligible for that. Um, and it is not eligible for a one-person business. It does have to be a minimum of two employees. So if you're a solo practitioner um, or something where you know you don't have any other employees and it's just you, you are not eligible for these Florida bridge loans. But your employees can be considered 1099. So a lot of people in you know hair salons or smaller businesses, you know they have 1099 employees rather than um, you know regular employees that would get a W-2. Um, but those can count as your employee. And the important thing to note is that if you've already had to lay people off or you've already had to let people go, count the number of employees that you had when this crisis set on. So you could probably go back even to like March, you know, 1st and see how many employees did you have then um, and, and that that would count towards that. So for those businesses that have already let go, you know, they're still eligible. Um, and then again, floridadisasterloan.org um, is your first stop. Now, after you've completed that, you might want to look into the SBA um, loans that are coming down the pike. And these are going to be at disasterloan.sba.gov. Um, I'm sorry, it's sba.gov slash disaster. Now, these loans will take longer to turn around. These could take three to four weeks. Some could take more, depending on if you have some um, back and forth that ha has to happen. But those loans... Um, are, are going to be much higher. You know, this could be up to $2 million. Um, they're at a fixed 3.5% interest rate, which is fantastic. So what a business might do is get that Florida bridge loan. And then when you get the SBA loan in another month or two, pay off that bridge loan, you know, right away. So you don't jump up in a year to the 12% and then keep that fixed 3.7%. Now, because it goes up to 2 million, that doesn't mean you have to take it. You can apply for however low or however high of an amount that you need. Um, the critical difference between this um, and the Florida Bridge Loan nonprofits are eligible, and these can, the um, number of employees and the credit limits, those are all going to be very flexible. We had a number of calls with the SBA last week, and they want to get this money into the hands of local businesses. So while they will ask for your credit, they will ask, you know, what outstanding debt do you have? You know, that sort of thing. If you're concerned, oh, is this going to be worth my time to apply? I don't know if I'll qualify. When the president and the secretary of the treasury are saying they want to get this money out, they want to get this money out. I encourage everyone to apply. Um, and if you have good credit, I think it's above like a 690. They have a fast track process, so you can even get yours even quicker. We are seeing that some people's credit score is dropping rapidly throughout this crisis, um, but they will, um, they have, I guess, I don't know, the ability to look cumulatively back or they're aware of that, but they said, don't be afraid if your credit is faltering right now um, and because of this crisis. Um, 
and let's see what else about that loan. Can it's, I can I ask you about that SBA loan that you are talking about right now? Um, you do you have to first um, apply for the Florida disaster loan if you're a non if you are a for profit? You do not. You do not have okay. to apply, but we just recommend it because so this is very unprecedented time. Normally, when this emergency disaster loan program goes into effect. We're talking about one state, maybe one or two states at a time. You know, it's not uncommon. Florida's pretty used to going through this process, and I bet our businesses are because of hurricanes, right? Right. Um, like, you know, th this is the only time ever all 50 states they anticipate will be um, recognized as disaster areas. I think it's already something like over 40 um, when we had our... Let me look at my notes from last week. So yeah, when from my call on Friday, 40 states were already declared disaster areas, and they anticipated that by the end of this week, that all 50 may be declared um, an emergency. So when you think of the number of applications mm. be coming through and what will be taxing the system, it will be very difficult. So right now, because Florida is one of the early states to have been identified and, and declared that disaster and because we're going to, we can probably predict we're going to be in this for at least another month or two, right? If you right. know economic trouble is coming for your business, just apply, get it in there now. Now, and, and thank you. There is a, there should be a sense of urgency to this because my next question is, is the money provided from the government first come first serve? Like, will it, will it run out? Um, Lord, I hope not. Um, <laughs> Um, I do, we honestly we cannot predict the the devastation that our economy will take if this becomes a prolonged forced shutdown is unquantifiable right now right I mean that's just a, a drastic unknown so what the government is banking on is if we take these drastic measures to shut down now and shut down quickly that we can shorten the time that we all have to be you know, so isolated and the business has to be down. That is the hope you're, you're going to see messaging from the white house and from, you know, the various federal agencies talking about this, you know, 15 days, let's do it. We're all in it together. That's the messaging that's coming down from the administration because the, the quicker we rip the bandaid and can slow this spread, um, the fewer of our inland States, you know, that aren't seeing as, as bad of outbreaks. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we can reduce that and hopefully we can slow the curve in our major coastal states like Florida, um, where we already know that it's here and we're just trying to reduce that, you know, as everybody's seen, you know, the bell curve, let's mm -hmm. flatten the curve. So um, if we can all act quickly, if we can stop the spread, if everyone stays home, if businesses shut down, people shut down, this doesn't have to drag on for months. If people continue to go out and about and the virus spreads and we see it ripple from the coasts inland, this this could be a very long, painful few months ahead of us. You you speak of the coast and I'm sure you heard about, you know, we live uh, in a beachside community and they had to shut down the parking lots because what I'm hearing is the spring breakers weren't taking this seriously and they were all you know, going to the beach because we have beautiful weather and it's amazing. And, but apparently it was just congested and they were not heeding to the distancing. So, uh, they had to, what, close the parking lots, I believe. So they wouldn't, so out of town traffic wouldn't be able to congregate there. So I can hear what you're saying. Like 
if we coast if we coastliners can take this serious that it won't work its way inward. I like how you mentioned, I like how you brought that up. Thank you for well, that. And, and that's just the logistics of the travel because, because this was coming uh, from overseas, you know, the main airports, the main hubs of travel in, you know, LA and Seattle and New York. And it, I think it's a little bit in Atlanta already, but certainly Florida with our international travel, we're seeing that the hottest growth already. And and remember, because of the lag time that this virus has where you can have it and, and not show symptoms for right. multiple weeks. Um, but as of the last briefing that I had gotten, the whole hope was by reducing domestic travel now, we can reduce because there are places in the, the middle of the state that have one or two cases, but they're not seeing hundreds of cases yet. Um, America is very different than Europe. We are vast. We are a vast country. And many of our states are as big as some of these European nations that we're seeing in crisis now. So we kind of have this national call that if everybody can lock down, um, keep it where it is, shorten the spread, you know, make sure that this doesn't spread across the whole country all at the same time. Yes. And I've been hearing lately that we are all accepting this at different rates. I don't know if you've heard this. Let me tell you what I've been hearing is that there are some of us that take the, oh, there's, this is no big deal. We're all blowing this. Y'all are just blowing this out of proportion. And then there's some who is t who are taking it like, well, maybe there is, maybe we should err on the side of caution and actually follow these preventative measures. Maybe this is a real thing. And then there's others that are like just in panic mode that this is total catastrophic, gloom and doom. And it's, yeah. it's like we all have to be, I guess, grace gracious with one another and respect that, okay, while you might not think it's a big deal, I'm taking the preventative measures that my government and medical experts have given us, and, and this is what I'm doing. And I believe that's so, – that's why it's so important that I have you on today because what you're talking about is people who are like at the phase, I think, where it's like, okay, this matters. Yeah. You know, let's not panic, but this matters. I'm a small business owner, whether I'm a male or a female, I'm concerned about the longevity and the success of my business and that of my employees. And what are the measures that we can do to sustain throughout this uh, crisis? So my, my advice to everyone is if you have a job, then you should be very concerned that we get through this quickly. Um, and I think that that's where most people are, but that's where we do see some of the younger population that don't have a lot of that responsibility of bills and such, where it's a little slower for them to accept, oh, this, this could really affect not just my health, but my livelihood. Right. But I think, you know, everyone who is in the world and, and, and has a job, let alone the business owners, is very aware that it's not sustainable to go you know, more than a few weeks, and for some of them, not even a few weeks, um, you know, without income. Yeah. So we were talking about the SBA loan, and that's about a one-month turnaround time. The other loan you were talking about is a 48-hour turnaround time. What if people are applying for these loans and not hearing back? Do they come to you? Or I imagine there's some way to reach out to somebody. Sure. So um, in a nor after a normal... Um, hurricane or whatever disaster event, your local SBDC office, it's Eastern Florida. And like we venture, 
we would be doing in-person, helping you fill out your application, helping process it. There would be an in-person committee locally that would be reviewing and you might have a face-to-face meeting. Like it would all be very personal. They have had to switch to entirely online, you know, overnight. And honestly, when we, they opened up the bridge loan, the online application process still wasn't there. So they were encouraging people to print and mail in Mm, the form. All all that information is actually on our website at uh, weventure.fit.edu. But now I I understand that the online application process is open for those SBA loans. It is entirely an online process. Um, And so what we have been told is when you get denied from the SBA loan, that there will be a regional officer who will get the specifics as to why and that our local branch that's closest to that building will be informed along with the business owner. So we could work with you and, and, and try to help you fix whatever went wrong. Okay. So while, while we will not be an intake point, if you get denied, we will be informed and we would be able to help those businesses to, and you can apply. I think, um, let me look in my notes here. Um, I believe they said you have up to six months to, um, you know, try to go after these loans, you know, after you've been denied to try to fix it. And I think they give you three tries. Oh, wow. um, I have so many notes in front of me, but it's not there. So if you don't get it right the first time, it, that's not a firm no, right? Let's see if we can work together and fix it and then get your application back up. Um, the other important um, message that I wanted to relate to people is that the SBA um how do, how do I say this nicely? They're, they're very large. They're very up there. Wait times are long, you know, like everything's just taking a long time, but the online process, they tried to make as smooth as possible. So they don't want anyone to pay to have someone else to do this. If you have recent tax returns, if you've been keeping your good accounting and you have your QuickBooks and your payroll in order, you should be able to fill this out yourself. And I emphasize that because there could be scammers out there and we've already seen it you know, the lawyers that are now hungry for work or the who knows what scammers that are hungry for work, give me 500 bucks and Mm. I'll handle your application for you. Mm. They will actually, part of the SBA loan asks, did you have to pay someone to help you fill this out and how much? And they will be following up on those for um, consumer protection reasons because they try specifically to make this easy enough where you as a small business owner should be able to fill this out yourself. They anticipate about three hours to do the online forms was their guesstimate. Wow. I like though how they're, I I didn't realize that they would ask that type of question and realize that, you know, scammers taking an opportunity to um, scam. Yes. Um, So so moving on, are there any other SBA loans or anything else coming down the filter that you know of, or is this, is this what SBA, which is small business and administration is offering now? This is what they are offering now. As many folks might've read in the news this morning, the Senate already has another aid package that they're working on putting together. It did not pass last night. Um, but we heard from Senator Rubio's office last week that there will be you know, some more in that for employers, for individuals who've been laid off, and then specifically for our SBDCs and WBCs, um, 
to help us because in a normal situation, you know, we have to match the grant. I have to do fundraising and raise just as much from the community um, as what I get from the SBA and our grant, $150,000 a year. So there's talk of waiving that for us for a few months so that we can just entirely focus on helping individuals mm-hmm. um, and that they would be giving extra, it was something crazy like, you know, another $250 million or whatever to make sure we're all operational through this crisis. Because again, we're the, we're the federal government's boots on the ground right now. What? Um, and then I thought there was something else that um, was in the works. I, um federal families first. Do you know anything about that? The COVID? That, that's the bill that did pass. Um, so they, they did an initial, you know, big funding. It was something like $5 billion that was kind of a corporate and loosening up some money and liquidity in the, in the economy. And then the family first uh, coronavirus response act, um, it was signed into um, law um, last week. Um, it took a while to get there, but this is where they were talking about things like, let's get more testing out there. Mm -hmm. So it had a lot of money to get testing. It talked about expanding the children's health insurance program for low income children. Um, and it talked about extra money for, uh, the VA, um, and, and some of those already federal health providers to make sure that they had resources. And then this is the bill that talked about paid sick leave. Um, So it's requiring employers that have fewer than 500 employees to provide two weeks worth of paid sick leave if the employees are able to come, you know, due to quarantine or isolation or or have symptoms or caring for someone with symptoms. Um, It does also include if they have children who are in schools that are closed. So two weeks of paid sick leave, um, you know, that was included in that. And then the unemployment aid. And that, that again, if you've had to lay people off or if you're someone who's recently been let go, I really encourage you to apply for unemployment aid because that is another target population where they want money to get to. And um, I think that a lot of uh, maybe other procedural hurdles and things will be loosened and let up just to get cash in the hands of people. What, how do the, where do they go to apply for unemployment aid? Do you know? Your state still. So yeah. So if you went to Workforce Brevard or if you go to the state, um, I can Google really quick the unemployment website, but that's still through your local process, but they're just going to be giving more money to make sure. I think they already granted over a billion dollars um, uh, to eat to all the states to help cover and process unemployment insurance. Would a business owner apply for unemployment? Um. No, because you, your name is on the business. So you apply for unemployment if you are an employee, but if you were, you know, if like, if you're the partner, if you're listed on a board of your, you know, corporation, um, then you are not eligible for unemployment. Okay. Um, and then by the way, I'm going to be everything that you talked about, all the links and the mentions, I'm going to list that in my notes. So if anyone's listening, don't worry, I'm going to, I'm going to have it listed if you're not able to jot down notes, but I really, uh, appreciate what insight you've given us, uh, Catherine. And, um, I'm curious to know how you are doing through it all because, you know, we're all in our own situations and I'm just curious, like what you are leaning on, what's your hope for 
yourself personally, maybe for your family and for the community and, you know, the world through all this? What do you? Sure. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been an emotional roller coaster. I think my husband and I read the news avidly. We're very, um, uh, connected in that way. And, and he's got a network of, of global friends. So we have been had our eye on this for what feels like a long time already. And I hate to say we saw it coming, but I mean, we did our big Costco runs and stuff like that at the end of February. I mean, we were just looking ahead saying, okay, you know, things are going to start to get crazy. So the personal stress that I feel now is because my worst fears are starting to happen here mm. in the United States. And that that's just been very rattling. Um, but um, in addition to, um, you know, staying together as a family and staying focused and making sure he and I are, are communicating and apologizing quickly when we're short, Oh yeah, and, you know, both to each other and to our kids, yeah. you know, and trying to put on a good face for our children. Um, my two fallbacks are, are just a lot of exercise. I'm somebody, I burn my stress off with exercise. So I'm still up and out early and it's beautiful weather and paddling and biking and um, going for walks and, you know, that, that burns my stress. And then we have been very focused on making sure we're praying in the morning with our kids, praying before bed um, and using that as reassurance time for them because what they hear throughout the day and how their lives are changing we want them to know these things are always the same, yeah. you know, that won't be changing um, in our house and, and hopefully, you know, making our days as fun as we can. It, it's very hard. I'm a temperful mother um, and I'm an extrovert. So being locked in a house is not great for me, Right, um, but, you know, being as patient with each other as we can. Well, I thank you for that. And I thank you for everything that you're doing, being on the ground for small business owners that that truly needs you now more than I mean we've ever seen in our generation. So I really thank you for what you and all the small business administrations are doing. That we have someone that local we can not necessarily touch or maybe yeah. see anymore because you guys aren't in your offices, but just someone that's maybe can share with us. Like you said, you're you're there to lend a helping hand when people need that now so more than ever. Yes, we're here to help. And I encourage, um, if you'd like to sign up for our newsletter where we're pushing out a lot of this information, we're at weventure.fit.edu. Um, we're putting a lot on our Facebook page to be of use to people. Um, and then our number is 321-674-7007. We have at least one of us in the office to answer phones and questions every day. Um, so, you know, we're happy to do that and, or connect you to the resource. And then I do have a prayer I'd love to end us with whenever you're ready. To Yay! End I was wanting to end with a prayer. So yes, please. I am ready when you are. So this has been with me um, through all the stressful times in my life. Um, and it's called our prayer for patience. Um, gracious God, it is so hard to wait. It is so hard to wait for the new things to happen in my life, to wait for you to answer my prayers, to wait for a door to open that may lead me to my new way of being. During this time of waiting, it seems that all I can think of is having what I'm waiting for. And at mm. times I feel weary of asking and waiting. I wonder if you hear my prayer at all. Are you ignoring me? Are you simply refusing to give me my heart's desire? A part of me knows that you want my best and that your time is not my time, Lord, but it is still so hard to wait. 
Please deepen my trust, O Lord, during these times when my heart longs for what can only come in the fullness of time. Give me a calm assurance that your will for me is grander than anything I could ever imagine. Still my mind and my heart in your love so that I'm mindful of your grace that you are draping around me every single day, every single moment. I ask this for the sake of your love. Amen. Mm, that was precious. Thank you so much, Catherine. I like how you said, still my heart. Mm. I feel like this is now more than ever a good time to be still in the Lord and and rely on him and trust in him and just um, draw near to him as he draws near to us. And I, these are the times I really, my heart, my heart prays for a lot of people who don't have faith. When things get rough and things get scary, that, that's who my heart goes out for because I feel those of us that have you know, belief in, in a greater life beyond this, we have that sense of assurance and that calmness that can come. And if, if this is, this world is all you're living for, then this time seems very scary. And I really hope those people can find peace or, or find the Lord. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, you're exactly right. I mean, God says to uh, put our faith, hope, and our confidence and trust in him and him alone, not the things of this world that are temporary and that are all passing and that where our treasure are, so is our, our heart. And, you know, if our treasure's in our business and we lose our business, well, what then what do we have? But if our treasure is our, our identity in Jesus Christ, we always have that. That's That's for eternity. So thank you, Catherine, for being here. I cannot wait to get this episode out so all the business owners can hear it. And I want everyone to share this with someone. This is one of those episodes that has to be shared uh, just because of the information that everyone needs because there is money to be had. And if people don't know about it, they're not going to apply and they're not going to get it. And don't worry if, like Catherine said, if you are if you get denied, it could be that you just missed a checkbox or yeah. you didn't submit a piece of paper that they really needed. So like she said, I encourage you too to just, even if you don't think you're going to get it, don't, don't think like that. Just think in terms of there's an opportunity in this. There's an opportunity. Opportunity. So what are you going to do with the opportunity? Are you going to let it pass you by or are you going to take Catherine's recommendation and just apply? Yep, absolutely. So thank you, Catherine, so much. I'm going to let you get back to work. I know you have more small, small business owners to help out today. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Yes. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. Hey, say so listeners, please share this podcast. Someone needs to hear it. Some small business owner out there, whether nonprofit or for-profit, needs to hear that there's this opportunity. Please don't let defeat or hopelessness set in. This is not a time to be passive. This is a time to be active. Active in your faith in Jesus. Active in your faith that you will get a loan, unemployment, whatever is necessary. God is our ultimate sustainer, guys. Don't forget even if we do get loans, even if our our businesses don't fail, we don't need to put our confidence and our faith and our hope alone in what we do. We need to put it in who we are and whose we are, and that's a child of God with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And as Catherine said, greater than 40 states have already been declared disaster areas. These loans are not just Floridians, they're for Americans, small business owners across America. So please get with your small business agency. What you choose to do with this opportunity matters. Please reach out to Catherine. She's given you all the information that you need. She said she's happy to help anyone who reaches out to her. And I'm going to have her phone number, 
her email address and any website addresses that we talked about in in our show notes. Until next time, friends, peace and blessings. <laughs>